Hey friend, welcome to the Restore Mind podcast, where we are going to be talking about various life topics surrounding mindset transformation. Imagine what it will look like to have peace in your life, despite what the world is telling you. Hi, my name is Caroline, a wife, mom of three, and makeup turned fitness enthusiast. I am here to help you build a strong mindset that will propel you forward into a life of peace and joy. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, my friend, there is freedom waiting for you. So if you are ready to build a 2.0 version of yourself, then this podcast is for you. So grab your water or whatever you like to drink, throw on your walking shoes, and let's get going because it's always 4.13. Hello and welcome to the Restored Mind Podcast. My name is Caroline, and I hope that you're having a fantastic week so far. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning back in. I'm super incredibly honored to be a part of your weekly routine. If you are a new listener, welcome aboard and welcome to the Restored Mind family. I'm excited and I hope that this episode just brings some light into your life and that you are able to feel the fullness of God as you're listening through this episode. Today, we are going to be talking about whether or not self-love is selfish. And this topic is actually one that I've been discerning for quite some time. It started back about two years ago. I was having a conversation with my best friend about the verse from Matthew 22, where Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we kind of talked about whether or not this promotes self-love and if self-love is selfish. It's been on my mind ever since. I've gone back and forth on it. I was going through some hard times in my marriage and it made me reflect on my personal life and how I carried myself. And a question as I was pondering in my own thoughts came to my mind and it was, do you love well? I'm going to divide this episode up into two parts. Today, we're going to be talking about and discerning through whether or not self-love is selfish. Next week, we're going to talk about How do we love ourselves if we're already struggling with having a negative mindset? I know that sounds really weird, but I did struggle with this for quite some time because I had a negative mindset and I didn't know how to love myself. So therefore, how I carried myself and loved others were mediocre at best. So I hope that for all of my listeners who struggle with having a negative mindset, and showing yourself love. I hope that next week's episode would help you or at least give you some insight and maybe help you along the way in your journey as well. But truth be told, I wanted to talk about love for quite some time on my episode because again, that's something that I struggled with. And it was expected that I would have this episode be my third or fourth episode going into my podcast when I launched it last year. But every time I came around to write bullet points for this topic, it just didn't feel like it was right. And I think that that happens for a reason because I wasn't fully done discerning through the topic. So I wanted to wait. But again, God does everything in his own timing. And I believe that this probably is the reason why I'm doing it now was because I needed some more time to marinate on it. So we're going to dive right into it. Matthew 22, 37 and 39. This is where Jesus talks about the greatest commandment after the Pharisees questioned him about what is the greatest commandment. And so Jesus responds with, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
So Jesus is actually going back into the Old Testament, right? He's pulling from what God spoke over Moses and then what Moses spoke over the nation of the Israelites. Because in Leviticus 19.18, God's speaking to Moses, and he says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And then we see Moses in Deuteronomy 6.5. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Again, this is Moses speaking to the nation or the people of Israel. And now Jesus is speaking that over the Pharisees and anyone that's listening, and it's even current today. So I think the best way to discern this topic is to talk about first what the worldview of love is, and then I'll circle back around to the core of love from a faith lens. So the worldview of love is very me-centered. It's all about what is pleasing to me and what is acceptable to me. And that's very dependent upon each person because how we love and how we want to be loved it varies depending on who we are but it promotes the mindset that we can do life on our own and be satisfied right it's the you deserve better or you don't need anyone else that's the kind of mindset that it promotes do what is pleasing to you do what makes you happy fill your cup and yes fill your cup but not in a worldly way and in the world's view of love filling your cup is by doing what pleases you It's the me first mentality. It's about my wants and my needs. They have to come first, or I would prefer them to come first. And most likely, I probably would fight for them to come first. It's the thinking that I want to receive the good things in a relationship, but I want to have the bare minimum accountability in a relationship. So you might be asking, What do you mean, Caroline, when you're talking about bare minimum accountability? And what I mean is, we don't necessarily want to take responsibility for our own unhappiness in a sense where we rely on other people to fill our cup for us and then we blame the other person or we blame something or someone else for our lack of happiness. I hope that's making sense. So essentially, We don't want to take responsibility for the things that we are unhappy with in our life and we're just hoping that we can just skid on by and not have to face the truth of the things that are making us unhappy or the things that are not fulfilling us. For example, while I had my me time, which is what the world likes to advertise to us, girl, you need your me time, go shopping, go get a manicure, do what makes you happy. I think that's very false advertisement for love because when we do the things that makes us happy, the question is, does it sustain us? And most of the times you might find that it doesn't because you come back searching for more of that feel-good feeling, but it doesn't propel you anywhere. The worldview of love also tells us to treat others how you want to be treated, right? I know that we've heard that at some point in our life and we might be telling our kids that too. There are times where our actions don't align and we get angry sometimes and we might lash out at other people. But think about it. When someone is angry, whatever they're angry at, it might be you or something else, and then you come across them and they lash out at you, then you feel a sense of entitlement to not be spoken to a certain way. However, when the roles are reversed, we feel that we are just in our lashing out. The point that I'm trying to make here is that 
we don't always treat others how we want to be treated. And if we don't always treat others how we want to be treated, then I think it's safe to say that we don't always love our neighbor as ourselves. Because if we loved ourselves, then we would be able to have the mercy and grace that God pours over us. It'd be an overflowing of that to be able to pour out into someone else as well. Which leads me to the core of love, right? God is love. God created the world. He created Adam and Eve. And of course, sin entered into the world. Then there was this great flood that happened. And then there was restoration. And that's through Jesus. Jesus also displayed love throughout his ministry. He was doing so many things. For example, he washed the disciples' feet. He was healing the sick, driving out unclean spirits, feeding others, teaching us how to live our life accordingly. And then he died for us. Even in death, he asked God to forgive us for we know not what we do. And you can find that verse in Luke 23, 34. Jesus had a sacrificial love. I thought about this one day and I remember wondering if I have a sacrificial love towards my neighbors. And let me just clarify that neighbors in this context, I believe are not specific to neighbors that are living next door to us or, you know, someone that we may not know. I do believe that in this context, neighbors also mean the people closest to you, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family, because they're not you. They're only standing next to you. And so I just wanted to share that with you because I'm going to touch base on it in just a little bit. Thinking about Jesus' sacrificial love, it got me thinking if I have a serving heart and where I might be falling short. John 3.16 is one of the Famously quoted Bible verses says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I went back to visit this verse and looked at the footnotes. And did you know it also says, For this is how God loved the world, which I love that translation better. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And the verse, love your neighbor as yourself, suggests putting others before you, right? But but you'd have to love yourself first. So, is loving yourself selfish? I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to break it down because I sat in this for quite some time. But it says, if I speak in tongues or languages of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. 
When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face, now in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to break it down to the things that stuck out to me. First one says, if you do not have love, you are a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Go ahead and picture that in your mind for just a moment. It's almost like you can hear the cymbals and the gong making a bunch of noises, right? I believe this verse is basically telling us that if we do not speak out of love, then we are just making noises. Remember the times that you've lashed out in frustration or anger towards someone where you've had spoken something because you just felt the need to speak what was on your mind. Sometimes when we do that, we can stir the pot, so to speak, and make the situation worse. We can cause an argument. There might be some miscommunication somewhere and the other person might be offended. And so there's so much that can go on, especially when we're speaking from our flesh and not from love. I've been guilty of that. I'm not immune to it. I've done it before. But there's some questions that I like to ask myself when I do catch myself wanting to say something out of anger or frustration. And that is, will this bear fruit? Or is it my flesh that wants to speak? Will this bear fruit in the conversation that I have with this person or in that person's life? Or is it my emotions that are trying to take over so that my flesh can speak? And I know that it's my flesh because my emotions, again, wants to take over. It's okay to feel your emotions. I'm not saying that you can't feel your emotions or go through the emotions that you have. I do believe that it's good that we we do feel them and that we acknowledge them because God gave them to us for a reason. But I believe that his intentions in giving us these emotions were for us to bring it to him first, to pray and discern over it with him in private before we go to the person and cause an argument or even more of a disturbance in our own peace and in their peace as well. Verse 4 through 6 talks about what love is, right? Love is patient, it is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. And so when I was actually discerning on whether or not I love well, I sat on this passage for quite some time and I asked if I am patient and if I'm kind and if I envy. I asked if I boast or if I'm proud and the answer was, yeah, I was all of these things. I also asked if I've ever dishonored anyone, past or present, and if I am self-seeking. And the reason why I ask from the perspective of me is because if I am commanded to love, then I still have to answer the question, do I love well? Answering these questions were hard to hear and admit. And I promise you, if you do it to yourself, if you go into 1 Corinthians 13 and you look at verse 4 through 6 and you ask yourself if you are patient, if you are kind, and all of these things, you're probably going to find that there could be some work that's that needs to be done in e- each of these categories. I, I know for me, that, that was the case for me because I realized that I'm not a patient person or as patient as I thought I was. I realized that I'm not kind, though I had kind moments genuinely For me as a person, I felt like I wasn't kind because I did not represent love well in that season of my life. I also boasted about things and was very proud. 
I have dishonored others and was very self-seeking because I was trying to live into that me time that the world advertises as something that's good and fulfilling. And I was also wondering, what can I get out of this? If I'm building a relationship with someone, what can I get out of it? It was not out of genuineness. If I was serving, it was, what can I get out of this? It wasn't something that was genuine. And I was looking for a way to get what I wanted to fill my desires that were of this world. I was loving from the lens of the world, not from the love of Christ. Remember, he's already set the example for us. In John 13, 15, Jesus says, For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. This is what Jesus says after he had finished washing the disciples' feet. In my episode titled Cultivating a Serving Heart, I said that serving is genuine love for others. It's not the act itself, but where the act stems from. And these two episodes would go perfect together because when you are filled with the love of God, there's going to be so much overflow that you'll want others to know this love too. And knowing the kind of love that God intended for you, this love your neighbor as yourself, this is the kind of love that is not selfish. It's a sacrificial love. It's a dying to yourself kind of love. We love our neighbors as ourselves when we begin to understand the death and sacrificial love that God has for us. If we love others to gain something in return, then simply put, it's selfish. If it's any reason above following Jesus, then it's selfish. Because essentially, you end up choosing yourself over Jesus. This is how I thought about it in my discernment. I think that a lot of us have to ask this question. And that is, am I willing to sacrifice for this person? And before you freak out, you're probably thinking like, what do you mean by sacrifice? Like now I have to, you know, like sacrifice? Like what is that? It sounds like such a dramatic word. But really though, sacrificing for someone that I barely know. I don't even know my neighbor down the street, but you want me to sacrifice for them? Like that's probably the thought process that you're having. Or you probably think, I don't want to be bothered by other people I don't know. But hear me out. There are varying degrees of love. We can agree on that, right? We love our spouse differently than we do our kids, our family, our friends, our neighbors, the community. There's a different type of love for each of these categories. And this love varies depending on your relationship with them. So in order for any type of relationship to grow, we'd have to invest time into it. So as you spend more time with your neighbor or your friend, you'll realize that they kind of move up on this chart of love, so to speak. They put more money into the piggy bank of love than they get more in return later. But the question again still stands. Am I willing to give up a portion of my freedom to be with this person? Like I said, your neighbor is not just your neighbor, literally not just your neighbor, but it's the people in your life too. And the reason why I say that is because they're not you. They're not in you. They can't be you, but they can be next to you. And for me, that's a neighbor. It's the people that are around you. So when you put it that way and you ask, am I willing to give up a portion of my freedom to be with this person? Or am I willing to sacrifice my time to help this person? I think those are the questions that we need to ask to see if we have a sacrificial love and if our love comes from the world's view of love or from what God originally intended for us. But if Jesus said that he's already set the example for us and for us to do what he has done, then when we love in that way, 
it is not selfish because that's the kind of example that Jesus already set for us. When we think of love, we think of satisfying our own selves. So we shower ourselves with these gifts because the world tells us that we quote unquote deserve it. And so when we show our neighbors love, we tend to kind of love them in a similar fashion. But my friend, I really don't think that that's the kind of love that Jesus was talking about when he gave us the second commandment. Jesus is not asking for us to be perfect in showing love to others or to love our neighbors perfectly. It can never be. Honestly, it can never be because we are imperfect beings. And Jesus has already done that for us, right? He's already been the perfect one to to give us the salvation that we needed so that we could be with God again. But I do believe that he is calling us to be set apart, to strive for excellence, which means that we'd have to progress in how we love and how we cultivate a loving heart. So if you're on a journey to change your mindset from living in the world's way to living in God's way, then it requires work. Simply put, it requires work. It's not the most fancy thing to say, or maybe it's not something that you want to hear, but it does require work. And we don't always like it when we are convicted, but they do serve as a correction. Just as you correct your child, or if you have a pet, you correct them when correction is needed. And it's all done out of love. So to answer today's question, is self-love selfish or not? And my answer is, yes, it is if it comes from the worldview of love. It is not selfish when it aligns itself with the example that Jesus has set us, as he's talked about in John 13, 15, where he says, I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. To cultivate a loving heart, we do have to ask ourselves the hard questions. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 6, it already tells you what love is. But if you break it down, asking yourself, Am I patient? And be really honest with yourself. Am I kind? Do I envy? Do I boast? Am I proud? If I'm being completely honest with you, I sat on each one of these for a good, solid week, week and a half, two weeks. I didn't move forward from there. Love is patient, so am I patient? And I already kind of knew my answer. I just didn't want to admit it to myself. So a huge portion of this also comes from being honest with yourself. And I encourage you that if you find that you're not completely altogether in this, to not walk away from it. I encourage you to pray over it and pray for God to intervene into your life and help you step into love better. How to uproot any unkindness in your heart and plant seeds that is going to bear good fruit. In any of these, I know it can be really hard when you're discerning through it and you start to realize that you answer no to a bunch of these questions. But again, it's the conviction, the correction that our Father wants to give you. So I pray today that you walk in love and that it is poured out over you, that you feel the fullness of God. And I pray that today's episode was a light to your life. It's just a portion of my discernment and whether or not love was selfish. And then in next week's episode, remember we're going to be discerning through how to love yourself when you have a negative mindset because we already know that Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you have a negative mindset and you have to love yourself, then how does that work? So we're going to discern through that. I'm going to share with you some of my experiences and I hope that this episode was 
enlightening to you. I know that it can be hard when you are self-reflecting and you're being completely honest with with yourself, but I encourage you to stick through it. Invite God into that space. I know it's going to be hard, but my friend, you can do hard things. Hey, thank you for listening. If this episode has spoken life into you or your mindset transformation journey, please share it with a friend. The growth of this podcast is possible through you. So thank you for your support and for being a part of the family. I look forward to talking to you again next week here on the Restored Mind podcast. Thank you.